Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Grip and Grin. And we're going to be talking about ice fishing. Yeah, because it's fucking January, and it's cold. Not right now, actually. Dude, there's, there's no, no ice. ice. There's no ice. I mean, I've seen pictures of people catching fish, but that was before we even got that little and, snow squall. And then Christmas, it rained. It was 57. Everything that I saw for ice was just gone. Right. I mean, Sebago Lake right now, that's like open water. I mean, I don't think that's even going to freeze over this year. We'll have to see. Like, you always know we're going to have that uh, one week where it's, you know, right around zero, and then we're going to get, like, a foot of ice like that. Yeah, you'll get those cold spells. But today we're talking about uh, ice fishing. A little reminder, we are not professionals. You think... I know everything. Nope, you're wrong. I don't know everything, and I'm still trying to remind myself all these little checklist items when I'm going out. Sunglasses. Always forget them when it's sunny. I'm going to get snow blind out there. Can't see my flags. Oh, you got a flag over there. What? Nope. All these little things that you got to remember. Each we, and every person does forget. Yeah, but we all forgot those at some point in time in yeah. our, our fishing careers. Yeah, That's... like, you know, like a fry pan, maybe. When we're hungry, fishing all day. But we'll get into it. We'll get into that. You know, you kind of have to get your shit ready. More so than any other season, really. Your equipment is just everything. You can't do the job without your traps, your jig pole, your auger. So let's get into getting our traps ready to go. As far as traps, you got to have five traps. Got to. You got it. You might have a couple like I would have extras. Yeah, I, would I have... always I pull seven every time. But those extras are usually like shit traps. Huh? Depending, yeah. it depends on the person. I'm lucky that my brother stopped ice fishing, so I have I got some nice traps. Well, lucky you. Yeah, I, I don't. I got, I got those jack traps. Oh, I got my spare traps. Those are like pieces of shit. I would rather tie fishing line around a beer can and let that jingle across the ice notifying me like there's a fish on the end of that line that would probably be more reliable yeah i, I mean literally i snapped one when we went fishing last year <laughs> well, you did yeah because it was so cold it yeah. just like froze and then we were like trying to like get it off but anyway talking about traps and how we set them up so leader length for your traps let's talk about that for a wee bit you know when i first started ice fishing when i got my first set of traps my cousin laughed at me dude when i first set up my traps I put a shit ton of fishing line on my traps. Just like when you're fishing regularly, you don't want to have your curly Q line coming off and snapping on ice. Oh, like, yeah. So, like, you could go with way less than you think. Three feet is what I do. I'm running four right now, I think. Like, three to four. Like, I just eyeball it. Nothing major because you don't want that on the ice at all. You want to have your, what is it, like, thread colored line what's that even called i don't even know what it's called your braided line i mean is that I, braided is that technically braided line or is that just like i would say it's braided i have no idea but i would go i i like a lighter color so mine's like a almost like a it's not white but it's like a it's like, like a, a tan or like burlap type i of have color. a fluorescent orange yeah and it's great because you can see it in the water some bodies of water are dark right you know, it's just like kind of algae ridden so you're not gonna be able to see deep and i can see that line going left right exactly up, down if it's slack if it's taut which right. is really key when you're out there oh yeah if you get a flag and you get up to the hole and you see that line just like veering to the left you're like oh yeah baby oh you used to have the black line oh yeah that was the thing dude my initial setup was shit black line i don't even know what the pound test on it was I probably had about 30 feet of leader. Mono. It was yeah, mono. Ridiculous. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I remember, and you had like giant hooks. <laughs> I mean, hook size is up to debate, which we're going to get into shortly here. Massive. You would use like ocean fishing. Yeah, Just, we're catching stripers out here. Oh, like, what the hell are we doing? Big hook, big fish. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. But your setup is really going to be dictated by what you're trying to catch here. So you have to remember, like, some people are yes. going musky fishing, yeah. pike, bass. I'm going after brook trout. When I'm going ice fishing, it's either salmon, brook trout, brown trout if they're there. Okay, so I, I've kind of I've, I've evolved over the years as far as ice fishing, and I've gone from, like, you know, bass, pickerel. I'm like, yeah, that's great. Now I'm getting into, like, I want Eaters. food. You I want, want food by the end of the day. Like, 
I sometimes though, like every year I always do it. I got this one pond I go to and I just want to have a hundred flags of just pickerel at the See, wazoo. This one time a year, I just need it. Well, okay. All right. All right. One time a year. Cause you know, I go long days, just not a lot of flags. I, I need action packed days sometimes, but I digress. So with your leader length, we talked about that. It's like three or four feet yeah. for, for either of us. And then we have a, like a colorful braided line on our traps. But what is the pound test of your leader? Off the top? Eh, 10 pounds, maybe. Really? See, that's more than me. It's either 8 or 10. Mine's 8. Okay. Well, I, I'm going off the top. I don't really know exactly. It's around yep. 8 or 10. I always run 8 or 10. Yep. The so, next thing you got to really – why I talk about the uh, fish you're trying to catch – really is hook size dictates what you're trying to catch really i think personally like if i'm going after a bass i'm not going to be putting size eights or tens i don't know off the top what i would normally use but i'm usually going brook trout fishing i'm trying to catch anything between right around legal length to 18 inches if they're there yep so i'm running like size six size eight hooks and i know you you like slightly bigger hooks? Uh, slightly, just one size up. I have an assortment of fours and sixes. So fours, four and sixes are like my bread and butter. It depends. You know, if I'm, I'm going after like a game fish, yeah, I'll be running sixes. What are you normally trying to catch? I know what it is, but for our listeners out there. Bass, pickerel. Browns. Uh, okay. Oh, if we're talking game fish, yes, yeah. browns. Browns. Browns, baby. See, like, oh, I'm not normally browns. going after browns. I'm usually just brookie only. Oh, see, I'm the type of person I'll sit there all day, wait for that one flag, and pull that massive brown out of the water. And you're like, I'd rather have multiple flags of uh, 12 inch brookies. Yeah, well, that's just how I roll, man. I feel, I literally fill my freezer with fish, if you can believe that. I just can't do it. Can't I know. It. I know. But you hook can. size, I'm looking at like, Four to six. Yeah. So we're like, we're kind of the same. I'm a little smaller. What about color of the hook? Does that matter? I have like the red shiny hooks and I have the regular hooks and I don't see a difference at all. I just don't. My cousin swears by the red hooks. Swears. I'm a firm believer that all you need is something that's flashy and that's the bait. Yeah. I'm firm believer when we get into the actual open water fishing. You know, a lot of people will be like, oh, I change my lure every, like, 30 casts or something. Like, every 30 minutes or what have you. But I'm always, I'm running one color, one lure. It really dictates how I look at it. So the hook color doesn't mean jack shit to me. But to some people, it might. I mean, I just ran regular hooks without any color and I caught fish. But I'm going to experiment with that this year. I mean, I have both on and I... Just because you brought it up last year, and I was like, all right, I'll try it, see what happens. Nothing's different at all. <laughs> As you're setting up your traps, I'm always the type of person that I always spend a little afternoon in my basement, you know, rigging up my traps, making sure I'm good to go. And once you finish up your leader and um, you're about to hook on your, your line towards the end of the reel, those Velcro wraps yeah, baby. are awesome. Yeah, because they're not, you put them in your pack basket and they're not going to get all tangled up. Right. And not only that, but like when you're out there and it's like negative 20 and you're trying to unlatch that hook, but the barb goes into your line and then you're like, uh, shit, shit. And it's like kind of frozen too. Maybe it's a little wet from last time and it freezes. Exactly. You're just screwed. Oh, just the worst. So those Velcro wraps, they're inexpensive, great little piece of equipment. And I would definitely recommend those for sure. I've been running those my whole life really. And they have saved me a lot of untangling in the pack basket out in the field and i've had frostbite on my fingers and i don't want to be dealing with that bullshit when i'm out there at all just make sure that you velcro them all together once you're done with them because i've had a couple blowing across the ice and you're going ah shit well it's a little piece of pink <laughs> flying away it's like well well that's fuck. that's gone you know it's, oh, it's, yeah so you just told me this little tip five minutes ago oh boy. i feel like Oh, yeah, dude, this is, I can't take credit for this, though. I know, but it's still a tip you gave to me, and I didn't even really, I mean, I've maybe heard of it. I don't even know. I don't think I've known it. It's a fucking great idea. My cousin was the one that actually showed this to me. He said, you know, the worst thing you want to do is say you snap your leader or snap your line out in the ice, and you try, you know, you need to re-rig your setup. Why would you take off your gloves and 
trying to tie all those tiny knots and just, you know, trying to get yourself ready. And it's just the worst. So what he does is he actually takes little sections of tinfoil and he pre-rigs hooks with leader and a little uh, loop at the end to attach to your swivel. So when you're out there on the ice and you're like, man, I just snapped my line, disconnect your leader from your swivel, take out your tinfoil uh, sleeve. And what I do is I write on the tinfoil like how big the hook is, so fours and sixes, so I don't have to open it up and go, oh, this one's a six. Take out the, the recommended hook that you want and hook down the swivel. Boom, you're good Such to go. Such an easy tip, too. Dude, I mean, awesome. I love being like prepared for shit like that, like any real efficient. fishing. Efficient. It's so efficient, especially when you're ice fishing and you're already taking time out of your day to lug your shit out there and drill your holes, get the setup, and then it's like you don't want to spend extra time. Right. So when you're out there and you're able to just throw that on. But what starts to happen is that when you're more prepared out there, typically what happens is like your buddies are like, hey, uh, snap my line. Could I could I get a hook from you? Like, God damn it. So yeah. like yeah. it's not necessarily just for you. It's for your hunting, or excuse me, your fishing group. Yeah, get your words right God right now. damn it. There's another thing that you did last year that pretty genius. I'm too lazy to do it. But yeah. when you went to Moosehead, it was pretty helpful. Dude, Moosehead was like negative 30. It felt like negative 30 because of the wind it chill. It was actually, though, around zero. I do remember that, right? Oh, no, it was negative temperatures with the wind chill. It was just absolutely crazy. I'm thinking to myself, I'm going, man. You're going to have to check your traps and clean up the, the holes like every, gosh, five minutes because it was so cold. And I was like, how can I prevent myself from leaving the ice shack that, that they had set up? How can I prevent myself from going in and out, in and out? So what I did was I had some leftover styrofoam in my basement, like insulation styrofoam. I think it was only like one inch. They sell it in two inch too. It might might be better. But they, they have it in one inch, which is great. It's pink. It's not the best yeah, color. It's not really looking like the ice out there with the and snow. And all the guys were giving me shit. They're like, what the hell are those? And I was like, just wait. Just wait. I cut out, I think it's a 12-inch circle from the styrofoam. And I did like a stencil. And then I made a little notch uh, into the styrofoam that goes about halfway in. And it's probably about one inch. Just enough so I can slide it over my trap. And what I did was, once I set my traps, I took the styrofoam, slid it over so it covered the hole, and it insulated the hole so it wouldn't freeze over. Snow wasn't getting into it. I wasn't cleaning my holes. Yeah, you didn't have to spend every, like, 30 minutes to 45 minutes checking your— not checking your traps, just taking care of them, doing the regular maintenance rounds, checking your bait. You just had no ice removal. Saves you time. Dude, literally by the end of the day, all those, like, you know, rough guys were like, uh— Got any more of those uh, styrofoam circles? I'm like, I got two, and that's in case like they split or broke. I I made a couple extras. They tried them out. They're like, this is fucking awesome. Like, yeah, man. This is simple things like that. You know, simple things. Preparing yourself when you're out there because it's it's not like the easiest activity to like withstand the elements. And when you can save yourself a couple trips when it's zero degrees, negative ten, it's kind of helpful. Ice fishing hacks, man. It's just key. The only thing that I had trouble with <laughs> is I stashed them in a trash bag. So that's, I mean, I just put them in a trash bag and, and they're pretty light. So if it's windy out, you better tie that to something heavy yeah. because it's just going to go. Yep, yep. But, I can see that. you know, when you set up your traps and you step the, the styrofoam uh, circles, you want to make sure that you position them in the wind so that if the wind does catch it, it's not going to blow it off your trap. Yeah, like just like if you're setting up for not having any wind flags. Right, exactly. Next thing we're going to get into is something that I always have to deal with every year. Old faithful. Yeah, you know, old faithful. <laughs> so I, my stepfather gave me my auger that I have. It was his old reliable and the oldest jiffy auger that's 1,000 pounds you could ever find. It was quite heavy. Yeah, it is really heavy. I, For those of you listening, I would always recommend, I know some people go into electric now, which I want one. I'm getting one. But for those who can't get one, make sure that you run it before you go out there. <laughs> I had a horrible experience when I drove like an hour and I got out there and I couldn't get the damn thing to run for at least an hour. But I got it to run. 
But after I realized that it had a weird mix ratio, mm. it wasn't like your typical 50 to 1 or what? what's it normally 50 to 1, 25 to 1? I can't remember off the top of my head. Dude, I, I don't even have an auger. I <laughs> it has like this very weird, obscure ratio. And I was like, all right, well, fix that. And then it started right up. But if you don't know that and you run it at home, you don't have to have that issue when you take time out of your Saturday to go fishing. It wasn't it like pissing fuel too? That was a couple years ago where I had to or replace the fuel line. Or doesn't it still do that? Uh in one spot where I had to take, I can't really replace that fuel line without taking apart the whole thing. But the majority of the fuel line was replaced because it was pissing. But now it just like drips once in a while if I prime it really. How often do you sharpen your blades on that? Uh, Are you due? You're due, aren't you? I haven't sharpened that blade since Al sharpened it, which he never has. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you could probably drill holes like holes a whole lot faster if you if you actually sharpen those. Yeah, I know, but my cousin I, just did it. My like when it comes to ice fishing, I'm not. Re- I this is the one time I'm like a little lazy. I would say when it comes to it, like I'm not ice fishing every day. Maybe I'll go for a week. I'll go hard, and then I had my fill. I'm kind of tired of lugging around 100 pounds of. That's because you walk like two miles out into the freaking hard water. But then I get I limit out every day for a week, and then I get like 40 fish frozen. Bullshit. That day Greg and I went with you. Oh, yeah, one day. But you didn't follow me the next day to my other spot that I haven't taken you. I remember Greg looking at me and going, dude, where the fuck are we going? I go, I don't know. Hey, I got the pictures to prove it. that spot produces. Yeah. And you were there one day, high-pressure days. You know high-pressure days are shitty for fishing. You know it. I know. You know it. I we know. were there on a bluebird day. Yeah. And who caught the only fish? You're looking at him. Yeah. Yeah. Ah! I caught I caught the only one salmon. Greg got a flag, I thought. Wind flag. <laughs> I didn't get shit. Yeah, I had a great day. I was, you know, I was the chef of the day, so that that's what I did. Yeah, well, I, I was walking home with something good. So, even though hot take, I like brook trout better than salmon. Some people would be like, "Oh, salmon's the way to go," but I was like, "All right, I got salmon." So it would be cool if we could catch a brook trout. A brown trout, and let's say uh, salmon. Yep. Okay. Put all those three on the pan, cook them up right then and there, and test like taste the difference. Same. Same. Are you putting any seasoning? Well, that's what I was gonna say. You got to make sure the seasoning is consistent through. You need a control, yeah. right? But I would just say like, it would be interesting to like actually taste the difference from the same water source. That would be cool. That would definitely be cool. I've only been able to catch two out of three of those in one day have you caught a rainbow before i've caught a rainbow but not ice fishing never caught a rainbow never it's gonna change never it's gonna change challenge accepted so with your auger it's old faithful it always works for us it's heavy as a bastard it does it always work for us at the end of the day it does but we might say a few f-bombs on the way yeah i mean you might be breaking a sweat from like pulling to get started but what i would like to do is i would like to buy a lithium batteried auger that's my goal for this this season but i mean with ice developing ice not developing i'm like what do i do do i get it or do i wait till next year yeah especially right now how long how much ice fishing are we gonna get i don't know like that's the thing i'm like it's a big question uh, mark right now because i mean I'm not going to go out on like two and a half inches, three inches. I'd rather wait a little bit. I'm not going to be that guy. Have you ever fished on two inches of yes, ice? Yes, I have, and it's not Sketchy. very fun. It's not very fun. It, the ice literally rolls as you walk across it. I'll pass. Oh, gosh. That's why I always go with my cousin. He's a little bit smaller. Yeah, you go first. We'll, we'll see if you make it. Jump. <laughs> He's a crazy bastard. Anywho, uh, moving forward as we look into our equipment, as far as ice fishing shacks, do you have an ice fishing shack? No, I just rough it. Dude, same. People lug out these huge tents, which... They're pretty nice. I'll give them They that. are nice. They're insulated. But what I do, and I think we did it together last year, is when we look for a spot, yes, we're looking at depths and stuff like that, but you got to look at the landscape and like, which way is the wind blowing? We need cover. Use the natural elements to kind of block out the wind. Yeah, totally, totally do that. I, um recently i i got a gift a couple years back where it's like a one-man ice shack just like my turkey blind like a 
foldable chair one that I just got back from my parents. So if I am able to come come out this year on the ice, I'm going to actually be using that and see how it works. It's pretty cool. It's Eskimo. It's pretty cool. Hmm. I mean, if you had to rough it, like really rough it, you could probably use your turkey blind. Yeah, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't even do that. I know, but if you if, if I would to, needed to, but right. and if there's a little bit of snow on the ice, I even make like big snowballs and just mm-hmm. I sit behind those. Yeah, we cook behind them. We did Gives that. you something to do too. Yep. Like people are like, oh, built a fort all day, huh? I'm like, shelter, baby. Yeah, all you have to do is look up for a red waving flag. What, what else <laughs> are you gonna do? <laughs> One thing you got to think about is how you're getting your shit out there. For me personally, what I'm doing is. I have a little, well, it's a six-foot sled, six by like three or something. Not that big of a sled. No, it's not. I fit it at the back of my car. I can fit everything in it, and I pull that thing out there. I don't have a snowmobile, nor do I have a truck. I'm in college. I'm, I'm using what I got. But you got to remember, like, having a those are like additional elements that you yeah, that could for, break down. Yeah, could do I know. Something so could like, go wrong with them. But as you've seen, and you listeners will learn, I really get to my spot. I'll hike as far as I need to. It doesn't matter if there's a foot of snow. Hike. Yeah. <laughs> Emphasis on hike. Yeah, you did it once. Oh, no, we did it twice. You know what you need? Dude, use your skis. Uh, yeah, I'd rather just fucking walk. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's too much fucking work at that point. <laughs> but you definitely want to have a way to get your shit from point a to point b so if, if that be sled that be just the pack basket snowmobile definitely got to consider what how you're moving your stuff because you don't want to make more than one trip making more than one trip is horrid but you did though because we weren't getting shit so you're like let's move no that's no one trip as in i go to the car to fishing spot spots yeah i know but i'll change spots out today <laughs> After lunch, oh, let's go about half a mile that way. Yeah. And whatever, I still caught the only fish. Yeah, you did. I didn't catch shit. So Again. Again. <laughs> have I? I have caught a fish with you. I'm yeah. like trying to think. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. Second time we went. Second time we went was better. We did make a, we were talking about it earlier, and we did make a, a list of things to go over, like essentials. Yeah, like these things I have forgotten all of them at least once and it's just makes your experience horrible right and kind of not a waste of time but a waste of time so i actually have a little hack for you for the first one so the first thing on our list is sunglasses especially when it's high pressure like even on cloudy days oh yeah it's just like white white horizon just white everywhere and it's, just it's like it's i can't nice. see anything it's nice to have that little break from that that reflective surface but if you forget your sunglasses i've actually done this before out of a beer box too so you cut the section like cut i don't know like a six inch section out of a a beer box okay and then you make little slits in the cardboard and tie some fishing line around it so it can go around your head you're basically making like homemade sunglasses but think about when you see something bright what do you do squint you squint cutting out that cardboard and making little slits in it when you put that on you don't have to squint so your eyes aren't getting as tired and it's not as like strenuous on your eyes. Yeah, that's no, definitely it's pretty I good. I've heard about that until right now. It's pretty good. I, I remember last year on the second item, neither of us had one of these and we were skating across this pond and it was. That's really, what make it fun. That's, you know, that's the fun part of it. It's fun <laughs> until you smashed your face in. So creepers are an essential on your boots. You should always have those in your pack, no matter what. You know, I did have a pair, and they just snapped. So maybe have another pair too. And they're not—they don't take up much space. I think you had Ashley's pair last year. Yeah, and you—they just snapped. Yep, <laughs> yep. So creepers <laughs> essential, especially like last year at the beginning ice ice fishing season. We didn't have much snow on the ice at all. Black and, ice until like mm, January. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, we went out a couple times and. It was an ice rink. The whole thing would be great for ice skating, but we're not ice skating. No. No. We're fishing. Uh, the other thing on the list that I, I kind of recommend, it's the same for hunting. Layer up. No matter how cold it is, just bring a shit ton of layers. And as you start to warm up, don't sweat. But just kind of like strip off some layers if you get warm as you're drilling holes or setting up your traps. And on top of that, bring more than one pair of gloves. 
Yes. Like a working pair of gloves and then you're like sitting pair of gloves. Yep. One that can get wet and you're fine with it and it just helps a little bit when you're doing your rounds or your traps and then one when you're just sitting around chilling. Yep. I don't think I have any winter gloves for ice fishing, so I gotta make that purchase this year. It's a big purchase. Add another purchase to the list. Oh, I yeah, I'm always buying things. Always testing things out. Another thing that's an essential depending on what you're fishing for. So you always have to have sounders, and I would bring an extra sounder because it's really easy to lose them at the bottom of the hole in okay. the water. So this is what you do, man. I know you you put it through. You but gotta you, loop it through. I do it. I haven't I haven't lost a sounder. Maybe someone else has. I haven't lost one personally. If you're just like clipping that thing on and yeah. not looping it through, come on. Like, yeah, that's like definitely an easy step. But what happens if you're walking? You just it's on your like. On your jacket, and it falls off. You want another one. Yeah. Because that's a pain. If you're going for Togue, oh, yeah. you're at Moosehead, you drove two yep. and a half, three hours, and you don't have another sounder. What could you use as an alternative? I mean, I always have extra sinkers. I'm, yeah. Just there's definitely other things on, I can do. But send it. Sounder's nice. The Ease. sounder is nice. And then lastly, unless you have the Fecto's famous uh, styrofoam, Hole covers. You definitely want to have your ice scoop with you because if you're scooping by hand, you're gonna have a miserable time. Sucks. That is not fun when you're like punching the ice or like kicking out the the ice in your hole and trying to get your traps off to the side so you're breaking up the ice. Then you have to scoop it by hand, and it's that's just miserable. Sounds miserable, and I'm not gonna be doing it. I would probably get back in my car. But that's what's great about those new electric augers, because it has a reverse and a forward. Uh, motion with the auger so when you get break through the ice put it in reverse and it actually pushes all the slush and all the debris underneath the ice which that's that's a pretty cool yep. feature yep so now we've gone over getting our stuff ready to go we've gone over the traps the auger and whatnot start talking our strategies everyone has their own strategy so there's a hundred million ways to skin the cat I mean, we, literally, yes, literally. And first big decisions, what bait size you're using. And I, like I know I said, what bait you go with. Yeah. You know what I go with? Cause I'm trying to catch brook trout. So Small. I like the smaller bait, even okay. though people are going to be like, Oh, we like, uh, the, just like a regular size smelt, which is like four or five inches. Maybe now you go smelt or shiners. I usually go shiners cause they're smaller, cheaper too. college kid, dude, smelts are so expensive. Stupid, seven bucks a dozen, something like that. And then Where shiners are like, are like four. three, yeah, three or four. And I get smaller ones, and I like the small ones, so they just swallow it whole, right? Because I've had like a lot of times where they take off one end, and then your hook's in the middle, and you're like, "Well, that was just a pointless." That was a. I like going to a bait shop too, where they separate sizes. I've been mm. to a couple bait shops up in like northern Maine, where they're like. Uh, I said, do you, you mind separating uh, some of the bigger? I don't want the bigger ones and get the rid of the small ones. You get what you get. It's like, oh, gee, okay, okay. I'm not going <laughs> to argue with you. But uh, I like a medium size, medium size shiner. I mean, if I'm going to go pike fishing, yeah, and then give me some sizable ones because right. I don't want to be catching a little pike. But I mean, you could throw a couple big ones in there, just eh, whatever. Yeah toke whatever you're doing it depends on where you're going really you gotta really understand what you're after yep if you're just going for a good time just the average size would work just fine yep but like i, I mean, said earlier hold, hold that thought like i said I'll earlier where you hook your bait is really important so like when we went there's a couple of times that the heads were just gone yeah so then i hooked it through the snout or like right through their mouth through the snout and then we were getting couple brookies i vividly remember this yeah i usually go right behind the dorsal fin i mean everyone every, i do it too i'm just like this is a situational thing right if you're if, noticing something then you got to adapt a little bit and my stepdad taught me that little trick and it's yielded results hmm. do you have a leaded weight on not leaded you can't yeah. use leaded anymore yeah. if you didn't know that you can't use leaded um aluminum weight do you have an aluminum weight on your line yeah, so I've been experimenting where the location of where my weight is. That's what I was going to ask you. The right. primary purpose of that is to like keep the 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 line straight down and keep the the bait down from getting in the hole. So like my least favorite thing about ice fishing is this: when you get like a really active, like it's good to have lively <laughs> bait, but this 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 one like smelt or shiner is just running circles around your line. Then you pull it up and it's tangled. 
Yep. And what I've noticed is where your sinker is really dictates how tangled it gets and how well it's able to keep the bait down. So like you could put it like closer to the bottom and I've haven't seen a difference in the fish I catch, but some people put it right at the, the intersection between mono and braided. But I've started putting one there and then a smaller one right near, not right near my hook, but like six inches up, seven inches up. So it prevents it from swimming upwards. Yeah, it kind of like makes it stay down. And if it does tangle, it's only like six inches I have to deal with. Another little hack for you. I just thought of this with your line. As far as depth go, some people have markers and stuff like that on their lines. Use a button. Yeah, I've seen that trick. Yep. But I'm just lazy. I know. Me too. I don't have it on. Ah, I got you, you have one. Couple. I, I got a couple. Because I do remember that. I was like, what the hell is this? But it's a good idea. Courtesy of my cousin again. So one other little tidbit before moving on from bait. I learned this from an old guy up near Moosehead. This is a great little little tip. So, like, if you have a bucket, you have a bait bucket with styrofoam, yep. or it could just be a five-gallon bucket, the smelts, especially smelts, they're really fragile, and their noses, when they hit the sidewall of styrofoam or the plastic bucket, it actually, like, injures them and kills them over time. It, like, speeds up their death rate, basically. Hmm. So if you put a trash bag in it, it's like a smooth surface that the smelt's nose can hit and it allows you to transport it for like a lot longer and have them live longer, which I didn't know. And make sure it's not a scented trash bag. Cause I saw someone walk into a smell <laughs> shop with a scented <laughs> trash bag. And I'm like, you're going to kill everything immediately. <laughs> it's like oils coming up yeah. in the water. <laughs> I think the, the guy that was running the smell shop didn't care. Cause he's like going to turn around buy more. <laughs> genius it's a good good business model there <laughs> yeah returning customers <laughs> oh shoot so all right as we move forward we're looking into depths you know how and you hear this all the time you're like how you know from it's like somebody, smelting yeah somebody gets a flag and you're like how far down was it where was it you know it, and i know what you're gonna say but i'll kind of like lead you into this it all depends on what you're fishing for. Yeah, and the body water. and Yep. Like, for me, I'm fishing three feet of water. I want rocky bottom, and I'm trying, rocky. To, catch a, yep. trying to catch a brick trout. So it's not like I have any real depth to it. Like, it could be right under the ice to, like, two feet more. So it's not really – there's not a lot of space to really do anything. So if you're catching salmon, you want to keep it on the top. If you want to catch a toad, you're going deep and down to the bottom. Yep. Brown trout? You know this better than me. Uh, I'm going for brown trout. I'm going. I'm going like four to six feet. But what's the depth of the water? Uh, you're looking at. F- it ranges from fifteen to twenty-five. Okay. I mean, I've never gone out of my way to be brown trout ice fishing. That's not to say that you can't catch them like right below the ice because I've done that before too. So what I do is like, when I first get there, it depends on like depths. I don't even sound my holes when I go to my spot for brown trout. I don't even sound them. I mean, I've been there enough where I know the depth. But what I do is I'll do different various depths. So like, you know, I'll do three traps right below the ice and I'll do a couple traps maybe at six feet and I can, whichever trap goes off. All right. Maybe switch up a strategy now, make one of my ones right below the ice a little bit deeper. So it's just trial and error. Yeah. I definitely feel that there. But the next thing I think about with the depth of your traps, you want to know where you're putting your traps. Like, do you have a certain pattern? that you're going to be setting up your traps. Do you like do like the single line of five or do you like do the three by two, two by three, or are you just throwing them out there? Uh, so one thing dictates this, who's drilling the holes, because that's really what it comes down to. You know, when I go out with one of my buddies there, I'm the one that's choosing the pattern. When I go out with my cousin, you drill your own holes. Typically, we communicate like, I'm going to do a line this way, you're going to do a line that way. Or do we make a, a pattern, like a square pattern, or you know, fingers going out at various depths? So start shallow, then go deep. It it all depends on who yeah. you're fishing with. Sometimes if you have enough traps, it don't friggin' matter. Just drill them. Just go. Just go. But yeah, yeah you want to be strategical, I guess, when you do it. Hitting various depths, you know, various structures. If you if you fish there in the summertime, like 
you're able to get an idea of what the bottom looks like, you know, hitting rocky versus like a muddy bottom or like right offshore if it drops off. It all depends on your knowledge of the area. And you know me, I like moving my traps all the time because, mm-hmm. I mean, everyone knows this fish hole up, you know, they're on like that one hole is just hidden. So move traps near that area. It's just a fact. The fish are holed up in that area. <laughs> move your traps. See my old man, he's a fish swim and he'll just stick it out. I'm like, oh gosh. Uh, back to the analogy of fishing off your dock. Like, what are you doing? You're not catching shit. <laughs> I'm going to, I have to say this, dude, whenever I go to my brown trout spot, right, we do it religiously. It's almost every day on the weekend, like Saturday, Sunday, we might even go both days, get out there, get flags left and right. Nine, nine thirties when it gets hot. I mean, it's never, it's not one of those places where you drill a hole and you get a flag before you finish like setting up your traps. That's always good. But nine 30, it's like you got brown trout hitting hard pressure variances, you know, as the pressure changes, those those flags start going up. You start to get people that creep a little bit closer to your hole. You know, they might be across the lake, and then all of a sudden, like, by lunchtime, they're about half distance than what they were, and they just keep creeping. I had a guy last year literally drilled a hole 20 yards from my, my fishing trap that was getting hit hard. I'm like, what are you doing? doing i couldn't deal with that at all Uh, and i'm not i'm not the type of person where i'm gonna walk up and go like like i'm not gonna make a but there's a whole lake it's like hunting in an area and you have this guy just like walk up to you and go have you seen anything similar to the last podcast that we mentioned check out the episode and share with your friends please ah but as far as trap location you know just don't be that guy that just moves in on another group now i'll always 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 would etiquette it's just an etiquette you follow it they got there first you give them their distance they're catching fish mark it note it right yeah next time there you go and you know early bird gets the warm you know, that's what me and, and my, I'm always there freaking early. That's what me and my cousin always say. He's like, what time you want to be there? I'm like, we'll be drilling holes before the sun's up. Okay. As people come in, they're like, oh, damn it. They got to that spot. And you're in a, like, your spot's in a populated area. So oh, you yeah. have to take that into account. Like, it's, it's a good spot to fish. And you're around a couple towns. Everyone fishes. You have to get there early. So if you want to get those spots that other people love to get, Get there early. Yeah. And as far as parking, like, people always park at the parking lot. It's like, why? Save yourself some steps. You know, save yourself some gas driving your four-wheeler or snowmobile across the entire lake. Pull up on Google Maps. Where can you park? There's different roads that you can park on, a roadside and whatnot. Just familiarize yourself. Always just note where people are catching fish. That too. That too. One thing that freaking pisses me off is let's say you get a hit on your line or you're cleaning up. Flag! Yep. <laughs> get out there. Nothing. Or you did catch a fish, maybe. Mm. You have all this line out, and you're re- relining your reel. Yep. But <laughs> <laughs> you put it on the wrong way. You wrap it the wrong way. So then, if you get a, another fish on, it's just going to be pulling line. Your flag's not going to trip, and you're going to be really pissed off because you're in the cold trying to catch fish. I've done that. I mean, who hasn't done it? I've done it after telling myself, don't do it, and then I did it immediately. You just get cold, and you're trying to do it quickly, and you just screw it up. I'm so, I'm so like paranoid now that I'll even, like after I wrap it, I'll pull it to I make pull sure it like, flag. like a foot just to make sure it would trip the flag. I'm like, all right, we're good. We're good. Uh, so you're like, I'm down six feet. Really? You're down like seven feet. Yep. Yep. Always add a foot. But yeah, that's a, that's a huge, you know, huge mistake that people make. I've made it myself. Thankfully it was just a white perch on there at the end of the day, but yeah, just imagine if you had a big Brown, oh, it would have sucked. It would have sucked. And I'd probably never hear the end of it either. Nope. Jigging. Something ah, I'm unfamiliar this with. This is, so last, like, I, I make goals, yeah, call me crazy, ice fishing goals, but I, last year, I set out to catch a fish with my jig rod, and I successfully did that, and I 
became pretty good with it. I would say the only jigging that I do is if I get a flag, you bring up your bait, and that son of a gun is still swimming just fine. You're like, ah, oh, send it right back down and just start jigging it. I do that too. I mean, just a little bit like a finger twitch. Yeah, don't don't reset the trap. Don't reset the flag. Just sit there. Give it a minute. And I've, I've done it multiple times. Brookies are notorious for snacking. There you go. Exactly. They're like, you got to make them eat it. That's why I like the small bait, and I jig it after they hit the line. But what I love to do, love it, let's say that happens, that exact scenario, he doesn't come back. Put a little Swedish pimple on, bring over your bucket, sit on it, jig for at least 10 minutes. And I've gone oodles of fish doing this. And it's really fun because you got like a foot long pole and it snaps in half when you catch like a 14 inch. It just makes it way more fun. There's direct skill involved, which is what I enjoy. The only thing you need to like watch out for though is uh, your line on the end of the end of the ice, correct? Eh, not really. Because the one time I do have like a heavier line on is my jig rod. Just for that exact reason. Because if you're jigging for 10 minutes and it's hovering around zero, you got a wind chill, you're, the water that you're jigging through will freeze to the line. Hmm. And I've had it snap the line. Hmm. So I actually have like a kind of a heavier test. I don't know exactly off the top of my head. It's definitely more than 12. I think it's like 15. So it's noticeable. But, you know, I get I put a Swedish pimple on. I take the dead bait from the trap that was set, cut it up into, like, a quarters, and I put it on the treble. And it works, man. It freaking works. You just got to make sure that you, you pull the trap from the hole. Because technically, if you... Oh, yeah. Well, you, you pull it because you took the bait off. Five trap limit. Yeah. You know, if you're fishing a five trap limit and you still have that trap noir, technically you're going six yeah. trap now, which yeah. is illegal. You can't do that. Make note of the trap number, because what happens if you're a two-trap limit, then you're really... Then you're screwed. Yeah, you're fucked. Yep. So, but no, jigging, I just love to do it. It makes, it makes me the direct reason I caught a fish, and it's why ice fishing might be my lesser favorite activity. I still love it. I will do it. But I like when my skill is needed to catch a fish, and jigging is what does that for me. Anybody can ice fish. Yes. That's, yeah. that's a fact. Yeah, that's how I started. Dad would bring me out to his ice shack on Hancock Pond, and it was this brown piece of shit, like aluminum shack. Had the best memories out there, though. Always chocolate milk and donuts from the corner store. And I remember my uncle, back when I was younger, he would always take me, and we would get a uh, whoopie pie and a little hot chocolate, and I just stuck with me. and. and was it opening the door to the outdoors for me? Okay, so let's open that door. What's your favorite meal on the ice? Oh, shoot. Because you know you're out there all day. And I'm the type of person, I always bring snacks. I always bring food. But I feel like I always bring food for other people, too. Because they're like, oh, Cam's got the food. He's good. He's good. I, hmm, I, I got it. I got it. <laughs> uh, beer can, deer hamburger, and chips. Oh. Gosh. Okay, so staple in ice fishing. And this was just, what, founded last year? Uh, yeah, like year to date. But that's because of a fuck-up. Uh, Twice fuck-up. Did I forget it twice? Well, we forgot it, and then we're like, we're going to buy one. Oh, yeah. So go ice fishing last year, small pond, and it's kind of windy, kind of breezy. Yeah, it was not warm. It was no. Like, and the storm was coming in that evening. And I was like, all right, I'll bring some venison burger, you know, get the uh, tortilla scoops, you know, so you can just scoop and go, scoop and go, and uh, get out there, and we're setting up our traps, get everything ready, and I go, shit. I yell across the ice, I go, you got a pan? What? I said, you got a pan? Why would I have a pan? I was like, oh, no, time to get really creative. And we had a whole rack of beer. I was like, all right. It's only 8 a.m. <laughs> it wasn't even 8. It was like 7. Yeah, it was. we got there at sunrise. So start swigging beers because I was like, all right, we, we, can, we can do this. We, we can didn't do this. eat breakfast. Didn't eat breakfast. That was the thing because you were bringing the food, and I had the auger. We, I think I drove. You did, yep. Yep, and then you had the food. I remember that. I brought the stove. So by, you had the food. By 8 a.m., we each had like two or three beers in us yep at least and 
So what I did was cut the can off, cut the top of the can off, right? Poke two holes in the side, thread a stick through there, you know, make a fire and put your hamburg, your your spices, everything in there. And I would recommend filling it halfway maybe. Not don't pack it full. Yeah, cuz you need to be able to mix it around like you Right. Will. So then we didn't have forks or spoons either. That was the other thing. Oh my god. Yeah, we had twigs. We had, oh my god. We had goodness. branches that we made into like forks and stuff. And uh so you cook that right over the fire. Dude. Oh my god. I mean, it looked like we were really roughing it, but it was delicious. And it was no cap. For real it was awesome. And there are things that you cook out in the ice that you're like this tastes like shit. But it's actually not bad because we had to go through like the hard labor of like creating this this element of food. This was just good. I, I take it right now. It was great. Like, oh, so good. So good. And then you have to remember though, this was at spot one, the first place we went to. And then we're like at noon. Right, well, we're not getting much action. Why don't we just try this other spot? And on the way, I'll pick up a pan and. Lo and behold, we forget to buy it. When we get there, we get coffee in us, and we're like, all right, let's go. So then we had part two of deer, uh, beer can deer hamburg. There you go. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, it'd be kind of interesting if you left some of the beer in there. Get I that think flavor. we did, though. We did. I know we did. Just boil it up. It did. Because I remember we had like a lighter beer. Yep. You're like, oh, this is going to make make it taste really good. Because I'm like, do you want me to rinse it out? And you're like, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Yep. Definitely recommend that if you're in a pinch. A beer can works wonderfully. But, I mean, it, now I never forget my pan. But we it might have a great to, memory. We might have to do that again this year. We will do it again this yep, year. For sure. But that's probably, I was just going to say, that's probably one of my favorite foods to have on the ice. I mean, to take out what you had from the hunting season out in the ice and to cook that right out there, enjoy it with your fellow hunters, your fellow, you know, fishermen and all your group, and to share that with those those people, that's rewarding. Ah, it's amazing. So that's that's my go-to. Another good one, I was just thinking about this. This is what I want to try this year, okay? The breakfast burrito. Mm. Now. Cooking the eggs, like everything? No, 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 no. Okay. Hit you me. prep your eggs before, Okay. So you cook your eggs before you go out there, scramble them up, cook them up, put them in a plastic container, okay? When you're out on the ice, you have your pan, obviously. Cook up some venison sausage, okay? Warm up your eggs by putting your eggs back on there. Scoop them up, put them in a tortilla, like roll it up, breakfast burrito. Well, we'll have to try it then. That's what I'm saying. Easy, quick and go. That way, if you get a flag, you can run with it. You know what I'm saying? Okay, yeah. I'd be throwing the thing. Oh, no. No. I'd bring it with me. A little snack. A little snack along the way. So that's what I want to try this year. Delicious. I mean, usually I'm going out for like a few hours. But when I'm with you, we're going all day. Oh. Three meals needed. Absolutely. Snacks needed. Rack. Yep. (laughs) Uh, But shoot. Moving on to our next topic that we we actually discussed briefly uh, before we did this podcast. Laws and regulations. You need to know the body of water you're fishing on. It is crucial. You don't want to be caught with your pants down, especially if there's a warden and you don't really know and the I length lo- limits. Or I love the fact that when you're on the ice, you see wardens quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Not even just wardens, fish biologists. Yep. yep. They're all out there. And I love, I love seeing them just because it's like, all right, they're doing their job. They're making peace with people. They're not just out here to like, gotcha. You know, it's yep. it's about education. And maybe they give you little tips, like, oh, you got to go over to this island on that side. Going on a tangent here, that's how I got my Machias deer. That's how I shot that deer. The game wardens literally told us where to go hunt. Boom. Yep, tips. Tips from anyone, but especially wardens. But knowing the laws, you really got to know that because there's definitely in central Maine. Yep. You're going to have these convoluted laws. You can only start ice fishing on certain days. It has to end by a certain day. Bag limits for different species, uh, lengths, min lengths, all changes per body of water, mostly. I mean, there's the general law, but each body of water, you definitely just want to look it up and make sure you know it on hand. And if you don't know for sure, I mean, if you're going through the the regulation book and you're just confused as hell, which most people are. It's very confusing. Ask. Call. There's a helpline there, I'm sure, on their website. Call and just make yourself aware of, like, the laws and regulations and bring a tape measure 
Ah, uh, see, you add it to the list. Yeah. You know, don't use your, your your hand or your fingers as like inches. You don't do that. And then uh, don't cut the head off, right? Correct. I think that's a law. Yep. Yep. Unless it's like a... Or eat the fish when you catch it, right? Or unless you keep the bones. I don't know how that works. Teach me. That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah, what if you want to eat it right then and there? I don't know how that works. Hmm. I mean, I don't do it just because I don't want to be in the wrong spot. If it were me, if it were me, I would take a picture with, like, the measuring tape and everything, and but just don't catch – I mean, be an ethical fisherman. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. I mean, I'm always usually freezing them, too. Like, yeah. I, I feel – I literally, like, when I'm fishing, cliche fill the freezer in deer season, but I'm filling it with fish, too. Yeah. I, I get quite a bit. I go hard for a week, and I'll get, like, 30 brook trout, and then – I kind of had my fill for the season because I was school and all. It's kind of more difficult to get out, but knowing the laws is just crucial. And it allows you, like, some, like, lakes or bodies of water. You can start ice fishing as soon as there's ice, but some spots you have to wait till January 1st, so that gives you more opportunity when you're on holiday break and there's actual ice on the water, but mm. there's none right now, sadly. I mean, I just checked my photos from last year. Last year we were ice fishing. Yeah, there was six inches, maybe. Uh, at least, at least. Not no snow though, because we didn't there have. There was creepers. no snow. Nope, there was no <laughs> snow. And you, you like that traction on the ice there, but yeah, that was black ice, which I love. I love when it's just black ice. At, I don't know if you remember this, but that we had a flag. It's near the end of the day at the second spot, and I like penguin slid into the trap. <laughs> I do remember that. I almost took you out too, and I couldn't stop. I was like, "Oh shit!" I have a picture in my in my memories on my phone. I was ice fishing my my brown trout spot, carrying a coffee with me, and I got flag, and you go, oh, you, you get all jacked up. You're like, "Yes, flag!" and you start running, right? Running with my my mug of coffee, <laughs> and just legs, just like a cartoon character, went from right underneath me. And my coffee just like smeared across the ice, and like my cousin had to take a, a picture of it. I'm like laying down on my stomach, like face. It looked like I just projectile puked across the ice with coffee. That it's is just, so funny. Oh, but definitely bring your uh, your creepers for sure, because or your ice skates for that matter. Yeah, I mean whatever you want to do, man, gives you something to do. But anywho, uh, that's gonna wrap up our episode for today, folks. And thank you for listening, and thank you for tuning in. As always, get in the woods. Get on the water.